Hey, Climbers, this songwriter wrote one of the biggest songs in country music ever. And he's written a bunch beside that. And we're going to talk to him today on The Climb. Please welcome to The Climb, Tim Nichols. All right, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to The Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is the key in the new music business. You're not going to be plucked out of obscurity. The big company isn't going to make it happen for you. You've got to make it happen for yourself. That's the bad news. The good news is you don't need anybody's permission. You just need to create leverage in the music business. C-L-I-M-B. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. That's a Baxteronym from my co-host and good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's also a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in the last 18 months in Southern Gospel, making miracles happen in so many different levels. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then ultimately get you connected to the pros with those mission-critical relationships that are going to get you to climb up the ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Look, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular. No S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Johnny. Nashville Nights International Songwriter Festival 2021. I'm jealous. Late September of 2021 in Denmark. We got the opportunity to sit down. You were sick, so you didn't get to make it. I got it. sick, so I didn't get to go, but I'm over it now, literally and figuratively. Well, literally, but only figuratively a little but bit. But we got the chance to uh, to interview a bunch, uh, well, all the heavy hitters on the festival last year. And we're going to do it again this year mm-hmm. live. So this this interview that we're going to share with you today with Tim Nichols, who is, you know, he wrote, Lived Like You Were Dying for Tim McGraw. He wrote Heads Carolina for um, Jody Messina. Jody Messina, amongst some other songs. And we just get a chance to sit down and talk with the man. He offers up some sage advice for songwriters. And just a really, really interesting conversation. We think you're going to enjoy this. Before we just press go on this, it's obviously been pre-recorded. We are going to be interviewing... Tony Arada and Tony Lane, Lee Thomas Miller and Bobby Pinson, Chris Wallen and Marla Cannon Goodman, Bridget Tatum and Emma Zink. In the 2022 festival over in Denmark, we want your questions. Mm-hmm. What would you like to ask these writers? Send those in to us at info at daredevilproduction.com or you can respond to an uh, email that I send out or, or Brent sends out because we're going to mm-hmm. shoot those out to you and ask these questions. And we're going to take the most popular questions, the most common questions you all ask and present those live on stage in front of an audience to these writers. So you can kind of help us craft 
those interviews. We invite you to participate in this by all means. So That's right. anything you want to add before we put the spaghetti in the machine here with Tim Nichols? I'm taking my vitamins and I'm not going to get sick this year. That's what I'm, that's, that's all I have to say is I'm taking my vitamins. I'm going to try and get some sleep. I do not want to get sick and miss this year because I'm still oh, bitter dude, about it. It was so cool, man. And listen, to this, Tim Nichols is the sweetest man that you'll ever meet. Just a, what a great guy and what a fun interview. So without further ado, guys, we're going to get into this and we hope you enjoy it. All right, Johnny D with the Climb Show Music Business Podcast on American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. You can find that at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. We are live from the Nashville Knights International Songwriter Festival here in Odense, Denmark. And I am sitting next to the legendary Mr. Tim Nichols. <laughs> I don't Tim. know about the legendary part, but it's good to <laughs> be here. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I just, you know, I'm going to be beat up if I don't say that by everybody else in the world who thinks you are. So there you go. Uh, thanks for taking the time to come yeah, here. Yeah, happy to be here. Is this uh, first time in Denmark? Or it is. Here? First time. What are your thoughts? It's been amazing. Just amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of an amateur photographer too. I oh, love yeah. taking pictures, love taking pictures. Oh, so cool. I've got my Sony camera and G Master lenses and just walking around all, all day long Take because it seems like everywhere you look, it's a picture. Yeah. You know, and so it's been just so much fun for that. And then just the, you know, just everything, lots of, lots of old buildings here. 600 years you know, right? or more. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what? The people are amazing. I mean, it's just, I'm already, it's like, when can I come back? Yeah, I really love it too. Right? Like yeah. the, starting with the plane flight, like the, the stewards on the plane flight, I was like, you, like they're talking to people, yeah. really talking to people, you know? And so yeah. your sister Mary, like, is, is, is she better now? And I'm just like, what? <laughs> no, you, right. You know, like they, but they knew because they asked before, yeah. When they delivered the food, then they came back for the the liquid, yeah. you know, and it's like they're, it's so warm. Just, yeah, it's just engaging and, and caring and, yeah. and all of that. Yeah, and so we, you know, we flew in to Copenhagen, and so I spent a couple of days there as well and had, okay. had a great time and, and, and hung out and, you know, did the tourist photography thing right. there, and then we, and then we got here. Um, it's like I said, I mean, it's just a, just a wonderful part of the world to be oh. in. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So you've had a few performances already, and any more today? Or are you done for the? I'm all. I'm all good. So I'm just. You're uh, chilling. Like I'm just feeling. watching. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm just taking it all in. Not any. Um. I mean, we have an amazing amount of talent on this festival. It's incredible. Um. That's yeah. you know songwriting. Yeah. Any up and comers that caught your eye, or a certain song, or a certain performance that maybe. Well, I don't. So um. And I know I've heard uh, uh, Tyler mentioned Ava Page and this 17 year old phenom singer, songwriter, yeah. guitar player, just like this triple threat. Uh, and I didn't know Ava, but I hadn't met her before. Um, there's a there's a girl, uh, Laura Oakes oh. from London. That song. So I watched her play, heard yeah. her play the other night. She's just amazing, just yeah. incredible. So this just for. Her songwriting, her guitar playing, her singing—I mean, there's there are a lot of talented folks walking around here this this week. And uh, Dan Smalley is a is a new artist buddy of mine, and so we've written a couple songs together before. But I hadn't heard him 
we played a, a BMI songwriter deal a couple of years ago in Boca Raton, and it was great to catch up with him a little bit yeah. and, and to hear him and his and some of the new songs he's been writing. So, I mean, it's just just on all levels. It's just been really great to be here. Like uh, the guys mentioned, Eric and Tyler, we've been we we had a chance to write a little bit today, which is always, oh, you know, we, yeah. I mean, anytime writers songwriters get together we're always going to want to try and find a time to hey the man was trying to write a song here <laughs> yeah right you know look at y'all are so busy too i mean it's like you got to grasp at the chance when when it's right there yeah. in front of you you know so i mean wow you've got some career uh, amazing work and craftsmanship Thanks. i mean Thank just you. just attention to detail and clear passion for the craft what was the first song that you wrote that you heard on the radio. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, it was a Keith Whitley song uh, just called I'm Over You. Mm. And, I heard you uh, from that the other night. Yeah, I've played that. And it's, uh, man, I just, you know, we always, we we all move to town. And, and actually, you know, like so many folks, I moved to town thinking I wanted to be a singer. Okay. You know, and then I, I got to Nashville and just the songwriting community is so strong and tighten it and the and the industry really respects and promotes the craft of songwriting and so I started going to the Bluebird Cafe and and seeing those writers in the middle of the you know in that little in that circle there and it's like man they look like they're having so much fun I want to figure out how to get in that circle wow you know so I started writing a lot of bad songs, <laughs> which I think is part of the process. But yeah. thankfully, I feel like you have this um, kind of self-defense mechanism that you don't really know at the time how bad your bad songs are. Mm -hmm. You don't, because otherwise, if you did, you'd probably quit. Yeah, right. You know, so you don't know. You have to have a certain amount of healthy delusion. Right. I think that's, <laughs> yeah, of course, absolutely, 100%. You have to have some some dreamer yes it can happen you know because you don't start out with live like you were dying you absolutely not absolutely that's a whole not time you know that it's the old adage of um of um oh the famous artist the big big time famous artist died in the 30s um with the weird faces the uh I'm forgetting his name. It's so um A painter? Yeah. Picasso. Picasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picasso's at a restaurant and some lady comes up to him, hands him a napkin. She's like, here, write me, you know, make draw something on this. He's like, okay. So he draws it, takes him five minutes, gets it done. She's like, oh my God, this is wonderful. And she, she goes to grab it. He's like, that'll be five hundred dollars. She's like, that took you five minutes. He's like, no, it took me my whole life plus five minutes. That's exactly right. <laughs> A great story. So you have to you have That's to great suck first to, to yeah. get better at that craft. It's just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just part of the process. And the other thing is, I mean, this it all talk whether I'm talking to new songwriters or new artists. You know, one of the things I tell them is, you know, a lot of times if you you have to you have to love this, yeah, the music or what. I mean, any I feel like it's anything in the arts. You have to love it. Yeah. Because if you're just in, if you're just in it for the money, mm. it's like forget it. Because it's too hard and it takes too long to get to the money. Yeah. So you have to love mm. it every. There's easier ways to get to the money. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You told uh, you told Janelle something that was brilliant that uh, I'm gonna steal from you, and that was that 
you know, because this was me too, a former artist, and I toured, and uh, it, I didn't choose music, it chose me. Oh, yeah, right. You know, right. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I work with artists now, and they're like, well, you know, we haven't, we haven't been in a band for four or five years, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how that's even possible. You know, I think I was playing when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade, yeah. sucking, yeah. but I could not do it because 100%. it was just, that's where I was going to be. So no, no I love choice. that you said no that. Choice. And yeah. I only ask you a couple questions here sure. from, uh, yeah. that I have my co-host Brent shoot over to me here. He was supposed to be here, but it wasn't able to make it. He got sick right before he came. The whole family came oh, out with the flu. How important are artist relationships and access for songwriters, in your opinion? I think there are, there's no doubt that it's, that it is helpful. And I mean, and the longer you're, it's just, you know, natural course of a career, the longer you're, um, the longer you're in it, the more you're going to have those relationships. I mean, I've been, I've been fortunate and over the years. I mean, I had um, Jody Messina's very first single, Heads Carolina, Tales yeah. California. And I, and, and, and I had an early single on Chris Young, The Man I Want to Be. And so anytime, you know, when you when you can get in on some, an artist, their success early on, that doesn't mean that they're going to cut everything that you send them. Mm -hmm. But, but um <clears throat> It is nice to have a relationship to where when you have a song that you feel like would be great for them, you can just you can just shoot it to them. Right, and it's right. like, hey, check this out. Yeah. Now, at the same time, if you're, you know, when because new writers, it's all about, you know, when you're brand new. When I when I I didn't know Keith Whitley when he, you know, I didn't know him personally. Yeah. You know, I didn't know Ronnie Millsap personally when they recorded my when he recorded one of my songs. And so in that case, that's where the song has to make the introduction and the song has to be great. Yeah. And so I remember like back in the day, I got my first publishing deal for Ronnie Millsap and he had a small independent publishing company. And Mike Reed was writing there at the time. OK. And Mike Reed is, <clears throat> you know, I mean, he's just one of my just an iconic country songwriter or actually not just country. Um, and so, man, he would, it's, it was like, it was like Reed would get good news every day. And he was just writing these <laughs> just, great just songs. And so, and so the thing was, I, I, I figured out it's like for me, just getting started, my songs couldn't be, to get songs cut over Mike Reed, my songs couldn't be as good as Mike Reed's. If I'm gonna have, they have to be better than Mike Reed's. Boom. And so that what's, and then there was a time when Mike Reed's songs couldn't be as good as Harlan Howard's songs. They had to be better than Harlan's. And so now there's a, now there's a new writer somewhere that his songs can't be as good as Eric Pazlay's or Tyler Reeves or Tim Nichols. They have to be better than. Yeah. You know, and so that's like, it's like this, like, um, you know, so you might think, well, that's not really fair, but it's equally unfair. Yeah. Because we've all had our time where you got it. That's just yeah. what it takes. Yeah. You know? Well, and, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast so much. Um, it's, I mean, it's been going for five years and we really go down this road where, and you said it in a much different light. And I like that angle. And so it's hopefully another way to get it through to, to aspiring songwriters heads. Like, well, my stuff's as good as 
you know, the stuff on the radio. And we'll be like, well, you, you has to be better than that, right? Because if it's as good as what's on the radio, all my buddies write those songs too. Yeah, right. Why wouldn't I give him the cut? Right. It's my friend. You would do the same thing, you yeah, know? And, yeah. and it's, it's, so now you've got to blow the mind and, and have that undeniable song where I have to have this on my record kind of a right. thing. That's, that's, right. I love that you said it that way. Yeah, um, and the other thing is, uh, uh, the other thing is, I think for new writers, you can't, it, and as hard as it is to not to do, but you can't take rejection personal. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I think, you know, I'll tell him when you're playing a song for a publisher for the first time, that publisher is hoping your song will be great. Yeah. Your publisher is hoping you're the next yes. Jimmy Webb. Because you know, they're wanting your, yeah, too, absolutely. It keeps the doors too. open. So yeah. they're, they're hoping mm. your song would be great. But the fact is, great songs, it's not the easiest thing in the world to write a great song. No. You know, I mean, we can, if it was, everybody be too. Everybody, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I mean, it's like it's it's tough. Now, good songs, you know. I was I heard you. I was listening to one of the your podcasts with Eric a little while ago, and he was asking the difference between a good song and a great song, and it's like miles. Yeah, miles. You know, what I'm saying? Miles a long, it's a long way. <laughs> you know, right. the, and so the the thing is, I mean, we show up every day. You want to write a great song. But I mean, when you're making a living at it, sometimes you just have to write the song in the room that day. And it's all about, and ultimately to me, it's all about the idea. To write a great song, you have to have a great idea. And, And great ideas, they're not, they're not growing on trees. That's right. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, for like, um, you know, Craig and I, the day we got together to write Live Like You Were Dying, we didn't have a clue we were going to write that song that day. Yeah. And it was just, that's that part, that's the other part of that is must be present to win. Yeah. <laughs> got to show, show up, up baby. Got to show up, baby. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
Gotta um, be in the room. We had, um, so one of the artists, I don't know if you had a chance to meet her or see her or not, uh, on this festival, her name's Chelsea Stallings. Um, she's the girl with the purple hair that's kind of... I like, haven't had a chance to see Chelsea. She is originally from Salt Lake City, and mm. about four years ago, she put on the very first climb conference. It was a songwriter conference up in Salt Lake City, and she asked Brent and I to come up there, and we're like, okay, like, thank you for that, but we're going to need to bring some more weight with us, you know? <laughs> to, to, um, and so we got um, Shelby Kennedy to come yeah, sure. and, and Chris Oglesby. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I've known Chris a long time, man. He said, you know, as soon as they got done writing that, they called me first. (laughs) And we were like, man, that's so cool. Would you mind sharing that story that you share on stage uh, about that song and uh, that whole thing? Because I thought that was just giving me the feeling. So I talk about, you know, I've I've said it over the years. I've told this story, you know, a fair amount. I'm always happy to. The day we wrote that song was just like any other day. Mm-hmm. And then since then, it's re- it's been like no other day, right. really. You know, but like I said, it started like any other day. And we, Craig and I got together and we were just, you know, making small talk and, and having coffee. And, and I was just sharing with him a story that I'd heard the day before about a friend of ours who had just gone in for a routine physical, going to the doctor, did all this blood work. They it off to the lab. The lab got this guy's files mixed up with someone else's. Wow. And they call him back and they said, we're sorry to tell you, you're, there's trouble. Your days are numbered. <laughs> Basically, that's, you know, the numbers don't go very high. Yeah. So that, that reminded Craig then of another story that he'd heard on NPR. This lady had, uh, she'd been diagnosed with cancer. And while she had time, she said one of the things she wanted to do was she wanted to go mountain climbing in the Rockies. Well, our buddy had always wanted to jump out of a plane. <laughs> and so he did. You know, he started skydiving. And so that's, we had the skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing. And we started, you know, tossing around lines like dying to live. And Craig, man, just came down, you know. He said, hey, man, what about live like you were dying? Like, Oof, dude, I love that. There it is. Let's write that. Yeah. And so we um, we did. We we knew that Tim McGraw was starting to look for songs for a new project. And, you know, a lot of people have asked us, you know, did you write this? Did you Were you thinking about Tim McGraw? Because, because of his dad, you know, Tug was going through this terminal illness and and the truth is, we weren't. We were just writing. This. We were just trying to write it the very best that we could write it, and then um, figuring that okay, if we can just write a great song, people are looking for great songs. And it just so happened that Tim was starting to look for a new project, and so that's the first place we went. Craig has had a lot of success with Tim before, um, and so we got it to him. He was the it was one pitch. He was the only artist that heard mm-hmm. it. He said, I'm in on this. And so, um, and I feel like, I just feel like songs find their way. And it, I think without a doubt, that was just supposed to be his song. And yeah. I feel like what he was going through with his dad at the time it came through in his vocal performance. And, and I was just, it was meant to be his yeah. song. It really was. And so that brings up another question that I have because somebody was asking, you know, did you write that for 
Tim, when you are writing a song, are, are there times when you're in a room where, you, well, obviously, I guess if you're with an artist, then that's got to weigh down like, okay, I got a high chance of getting this cut with this artist that's in the room with me. Um, how much do you consider um, what the artist will or won't say or what radio will or won't spin when you're in that sure. room? Sure, yeah. Um, so if we're... I mean, anytime we're in the room with an artist, we're writing for, I mean, we're writing for that artist. Mm -hmm. Now, there are other times when we're in a room, um, you and I could be writing and it's like, okay, we know that Jason Aldean is looking for a song or George Strait or whoever. So we can, I mean, then there are some times it's like, okay, man, let's just, let's try and aim something. Let's try and write a song for a particular, for George Strait. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, so there are days that I like that I like that kind of project writing. Mm -hmm. um, that gives you a bit more focus, right? Like you yeah, exactly, some, right. You have more parameters, exactly, yeah. phrasing and 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 um, and and range and all that kind of thing. And so, and I've been and over the years, I've been I've had a a, a bit of success going that way. Okay, you know, writing a song for Alan or Reba or whoever. Um, the the it's a bit of a two-edged sword in that if you tailor this song specifically to a particular artist, again, let's say George Strait, and if George passes, then so nine times out of ten, when you go to play it for it for you go to play it for any other artist, it sounds like George Strait. Like, sounds like a George Strait song, yeah, right. Yeah, I know. So that's kind of the you know the two-edged sword of that. But ultimately, you know, there are those days, and it goes back to man, let's just try and write a great song and let the yeah. Let it find its way. Let the music do the talking. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever um, maybe made specific decisions on the demo, knowing that it was going to be a certain pitch uh, to a certain artist? Like, let's, uh, you know, key this a certain way because this is the key of that artist or something along that uh, something that would make it as most as familiar as humanly possible, or they just like it's Tim Nichols. A lot of like, well, no, well, we'll no, it's, no, it's not that. I mean, we again. I think part of it is we'll try, you know you want um, in a demo. I feel like you try and make it just the most because the, ultimately it's, you want it. I think make it the what is what's going to make this song the most accessible. Mm -hmm. to, you know, are the, can, can there, you know, because ultimately, you know, you would, you hope that there are several pitches, mm -hmm. you know, that yeah. they're, you know, now they're, now this is like, uh, Scott Hendricks is a buddy of ours. And so we, uh, he was saying just in terms of like, Blake, he's produced tons of Blake Shelton hits. Mm -hmm. And so Blake likes to be, when Blake is listening to the demo, he likes to be able to sing along with it in his truck. Mm -hmm. So that's in that case, then you want it. Then you, in key, terms of key, yeah. that's going to be. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to. So if we're going to think that, then we're going to. It's like, OK, we're going to pitch this. We're going to put this in a key more for Blake than it's like Gary LaVox or whatever. Mm -hmm. You right. know what I'm saying? Gonna, so, yeah. right. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. So that's absolutely. Yes. For, definitely something we take into consideration. Have you ever done. Um, maybe multiple singers on the same uh, song demo because it could go female or male on a pitch? I ha Yes. Although it seems like for the most part, you can, 
female artists are better about listening through male uh, that a male with a male vocal on it. You know what I'm saying? That male artists are yeah. listening with yeah. a female vocal. Yes. On it. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Now I've a few years ago I wrote. Uh, man, I just had the incredible opportunity and good fortune to write a handful of songs with Burt Backrack. Really? It was it, uh, yes. Yeah. What? So it was like the most fun. Wow. I mean, I went into I went. We wrote at his house. You know, and I mean, we would. I mean, he would be like here, and I'm just. He'd be at the piano, and I'm just sitting there right beside him, and it's like he's playing these melodies. It's like holy shit, man! He's being Burt Backrack right now. He's playing these melodies that are just incredible. And so we, so we wrote this one song that we had a couple that we had male and female vocalists on, and yeah, called "Carry On." Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so sometimes that, sometimes it feels like. The song warrants that, mm -hmm. and if it, and again, it's just let the song speak to you. Yeah, be who it what it wants to be, and get to whoever in terms of singer or whatever. I like that. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, success in anything, in in this case, we're specifically talking about the music business and in songwriting. There has to be a um, a level of courage to push through the imposter syndrome that we all get as we start to climb and we start to get in the rooms that we wanted to get into, but we couldn't before. I think everybody has a tinge of that and it, there's a fear and the courage is moving forward in the face of that fear, right? Knowing that and trusting in yourself. What is it when you had those moments earlier in your career that was there something that you said to yourself or you thought to yourself that, you know, got you, through that, like, did, 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 did you have an imposter moment? Like, that I've early just, on? I've always, I mean, I, my glasses, if you, anybody that knows me knows my glass is always half full. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to be, um, I'm always going to be grateful. I'm always grateful for those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think part of that is just, is being prepared and doing your homework yeah. before you get in those rooms. Yeah. I mean, that's the, Ultimately, that's the thing, and that's just respecting them and yourself enough to be prepared when that opportunity presents itself. And yourself enough is the key yeah. word in there. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, let's button it up with this. What uh, what is what would be the most profound piece of songwriting advice that you could give to the aspiring songwriters, the audience of, of American Songwriter Magazine? I feel like it's keep believing in yourself. And if there's something, if you're where you're supposed to be and you're supposed to, again, it goes back to that thing of we all moved to Nashville because we feel like music because we chose music because it's what we something that we had to do mm -hmm. so just keep believing it's going to be hard it's yeah, really it's hard the suspense. And yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> it is not going to be easy and so and and for as long as again i've been so fortunate and so blessed over the years it's still hard it's still i mean i still hear no nine times out of ten but I just know I just I don't take that personal, and I feel like when when you when you get rejection, when you say when you hear we're going to pass on this song, again that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that they don't like you. It doesn't mean that they don't like the song. It's just 
not the song they're looking for that day. That day, yeah. And so just just keep chasing it. And the the other thing is just I'm rattling, rattling on here, but the thing I think again it goes back to whether it's music or anything in the arts. If you want to be a doctor or an attorney or an engineer, that's like a four-lane highway. Mm-hmm. And it's lit and you know how far if you'd be a doctor, you know how far you are every mile of the way from being a doctor. Yeah. You know, you've got college, you've got med school, you got the lawyer, you got the bar exam, all that. If you want to be a singer or a songwriter, that's more like, you see that opening in the woods over there? Go that way. Yeah. And you never know. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> head to Nashville, yeah. not knowing a soul. Yeah. But once you get there and then when you're there, you never know, you never know how close you are yeah. to to breaking through and arriving. But you just have to, it's a, you know, that bless the broken road thing, you know? Um, And so you just have to show up, but it's just just that thing of, like Tyler was talking about, the mistakes are part of it. Yeah. You know, and it's that, and it, 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 it is that, as cliche as it sounds, it is the, the journey is part of it. Yeah. You know, and we all have one. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the other thing I feel like with songwriters, when we get to an event like this, we all, even though we, we may not have, we may not know each other when we show up, but by the time the event's over, we're like, we have new friends Yeah, because I feel like we're all basically the same person. You know what I'm saying? In that we... We, we chose music and music yeah. chose us. Yes, 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 you know? yes. We're in a tribe for sure. Exactly. And, and, uh, and you can recognize that in another, you know, instantaneously when, when it's real and when you see it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the perfect statement to button this up. Thank you so much, Mr. Tim Nichols. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, buddy. Thanks, absolutely. Tom. Johnny D from the Climb Show Music Business Podcast on American Songwriter Magazine's Podcast Network. You can find that at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. And once again, we're broadcasting live from the Nashville Nights International Songwriting Festival here in Odense, Denmark. Tim Nichols, Thank you again, and safe travels to you on your way back home. Thanks, pal. All right, take care. Good to see you. All right, well, that concludes the interview with Tim Nichols, short and sweet. He had uh, places to be, people to go, people to see, places to go. How's that work? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, we hope you enjoyed that. Some, Some insights, some perspective, some proximity to one of the cats that is at the top of their game mm-hmm. um super cool for me i enjoyed meeting them and we hope you like it too guys this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 